Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Two White Folks. This is Chase Brantley. Joey Carter. Today we're just going to have a reflection episode. We've covered a lot of ground, both conceptually and historically, personally. I mean, we've had a lot of really incredible folks on the show for the past few weeks. It seems like one of the recurring themes when black folks are articulating what they expect and need from white communities is their utter frustration at how their demands aren't even really demands and there's and what they're saying is they get cast as demands what we're asking is so simple and seems reasonable and yet those very things are often cast as radical or unreasonable two things rolling around in my brain i i think while well, i was having a conversation with someone about bitcoin and and non-fungible tokens and you know this, this world and it's it's interesting in that i don't understand it so i'm always like what what is it but someone was talking about potential of non-fungible tokens it creates this opportunity for you to present yourself as an investment so this is a really cool idea about breaking barriers about how people get funded and how school gets paid for where you could basically present your future as a unique item to be funded let's say you want to go to medical school but you don't have the money to go to medical school you could create a non-fungible token or something that makes your future unique and then someone might fund you or buy your future with a guarantee of a small percentage that's paid back over a period of time like an investment basically decentralizing access to capital and building futures and i mean also unregulated which has its own sort of risks of who's funding who and stuff like that but they were talking about how this principle kind of makes it possible there's a theory that universal basic income is possible in this way you become an investment as an individual rather than a company being invested in or invested in people and their growth and so you can have enough money a month and i got really frustrated talking to these people about it because they seem to be obsessed with this idea that like when people's basic needs are met that they'll then have a crisis of faith in turn a crisis of purpose what does that mean like like help me understand how when having your basic needs met then see i that was not where i I thought you were going i thought you were going that when their basic needs were met you know they're they're gonna thrive they're they're gonna be able to live a fulfilling life because they don't have to worry about having their basic needs met that they can focus on other things like the things that humans like to do but that's not that's not where you went no 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 i mean that's that's the the thing that's frustrating is this very capitalistic idea that if you don't have something to work towards, you won't be motivated to work, which is what we're facing now when you have a lot of Republicans saying like, oh, we're paying people to stay home. And so, of course, they're going to stay home and not go to work. And then you have the flip side saying, no, uh, <laughs> this pandemic made people realize that they're not treated like human beings. This was the first time people had a moment to breathe. 
and they have people have higher demands for what's acceptable. You you just no longer like we were going to get to this breaking point eventually, but you just can't pay people seven twenty five an hour plus tips anymore. Like that just it's not a living no. that you can have. No, and you know even when you were talking about seeing you know seeing people as investments and a return on investment, I'm sitting here thinking, where's the humanity? Like when we talk about people being able to, you know, when we talk about freedom. But I, I also don't know how that's different than being an employee. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's explore that. So, like in a lot of ways, I feel like uh, being an employee, you are still an investment for the company that is, you know, in in kind of the basics of, or not the basics, the my, my understanding of... Um, of economy is like investment isn't necessarily bad to invest in someone's future, but that as an employee, you are, they are paying you to do a task. And in a way, you are an investment of that company to get things done for them. Yes. Under our current capitalistic model. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that is employees are the means of production and, but when you're so as an investment goal is to make dividends on that investment is to draw a margin when the employee is there as an investment to draw a dividend you're going to do everything in your power as the employer to cut every corner and pinch every penny and the employee is not defined in so far as what value that work is to the person who's working to the worker, but it's the va- the value is defined on how much and what kind of dividend output the employer makes. So it's it's where's the value? The value for the employer is what does it matter for my bottom line, my profit margin for the worker. When you you realize that, it's like, well, fuck, you know, I'm just here as a cog and machine that can be replaced when I, you know, don't work well, or even when I am working well, I realize my worth and I want more from my employer and then I'm fired. And so um, the, the logic going back to this idea that when we have our basic needs Matt, we won't know what to do, which is like, like, like one bullshit Two, I mean, I think of like old people as the best example of this, that like old people have so much shit they do, you know, like, but also like, sadly, like who are the people who go to art shows? Old people, you know? I think this is one of the reasons that I often don't go to like, to a lot of art shows. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, but it's i'm still i'm still confused and mystified when you were talking to these folks what was their reasoning for the to claim that when your basic needs are met you won't know what to do it's such a fucked up claim i mean i don't know another way to put it because to be able to say that you know when when a person's basic needs are met it's more than likely that person who's saying it has all their basic needs met and they feel like being 
It reminds me of of some students in my intro classes when they first read Nietzsche and they think that they now have insight of, into how to burn the world down. Which on one hand, it, you know, it's kind of cool to see. But on the other hand, it's most often those folks who ha- who grew up privileged and claim that when your basic needs are met, then you won't know what to do. You won't be able to find meaning. It's a coded racist statement. Absolutely. Because it implies, it, it, it indicates that those who do struggle and don't have their basic needs met, that's where they should really find their meaning. And I, I now know why that bothers me so fucking much when someone, is it, astounding. I totally read it as a coded racist statement that I don't even think they were aware when they said it. But I, I think, too, it's also coming from a place of needing workers from the viewpoint of like someone who has money, where they are saying, I think the statement even came from a basis of kind of fear that if people aren't, if people's basic needs are met, I can't treat them like shit anymore. You know, and I think that's the, to me, that's what was so gross about it was this idea that people who suffer, the meaning of their life is to suffer. And 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 that's good for me because I can abuse it. Exactly because the f- because the corollary to that is it doesn't allow me to be in the position to be able to be gracious to you if I want to be. The corollary is that I lose my power if everyone's if if I have all the money and but everyone's needs are met, then I don't get to flaunt it around. And say either you need to depend on me as your employer, or I get to give lots of money to a nonprofit and get a fucking plaque put on a wall because I mean us white folks we love plaques. Yeah. I, I've I've we never love. I've never really understood that. Yeah, we love but no, but that but what you just said is that's the corollary. Mm-hmm. This is actually giving me some insight into the behavior of places like UGA. Wow, they are afraid when people's needs are met, or when they actually, when the community is is uplifted, when the acknowledgments of past harms are truly met with real reparations. It's not that UGA has to own what it did, but it has to like give up this position that people depend on it that's that's so eloquent i think it actually ties really well into my pct experience pacific crest trail experience so you went hiking yeah so my my uh girlfriend is hiking the pacific crest trail which goes from mexico to canada so i think we were both i mean one straight up this is like to choose to suffer in a way that you don't make any money and it is very expensive to do is a huge fucking privilege that also i think you know i, w- I want to at some point do an episode about just for me to even learn more about restricted access to outdoor but we anna and i were both really struck when we went to this town julian and we are you know for all sense and purposes houseless we don't have a house we are just wandering dirty in this city, and 
except with one major difference. We have income. And this entire town's economy is based on hikers coming through. And the links that they went to to make us feel accepted was really mind-blowing. Like even, so like you come to the town, they have a famous pie shop that you get eight and a half dollars worth of free pie just for being a hiker. Like, and, and the reason people actually go to the town is it's not even close to the trail. But, I mean, as far as marketing, it's smart. This one pie shop, which is famous, Julian Mom's Pies, you go and you get free pie because you're a hiker. So already we're getting free shit. Like, eight and a half dollars worth of free shit is right, right, is right. not nothing. That's a lot of fucking pie. Yeah, it's a, yeah, 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 per person. I could eat a lot of pecan pie. Uh, I like to the point where I'm just really fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. And then and then we're just like bumming around and people let us use their electrical outlets to charge things. We didn't have a place to stay. All the hotels were in hostels were booked. And so like the market let us camp behind their store basically next to a dumpster. You could stay at the veterans' parking lot. You could stay in the grass square behind the brewery. I mean, all of these businesses, even the newspaper. I I was just really shocked. On the big banner of the newspaper, it says, please be kind to our PCT hikers. They're going on a journey of a lifetime. And yeah, yeah, it's all poetry. but, But really, I mean, the kindness is not out of the goodness of their heart. I was just thinking that kindness, that's capital like that. Because, because like you said, people coming there who are in all appearances homeless, you still got money in your pocket, like, like real, like real cash money. And yet, as you're telling me this, I'm like envisioning thinking about the actual homeless encampments that are here in Athens that regularly get upended and displaced by police because they're, because they're just homeless or just they're, you know, they're close to someone's property or they're an eyesore. And what you touch on is that they are not a capital investment. And I really do mean a capital investment in the terms of the, like the hikers going into Julian actually promote and sustain the infrastructure of the city. Capital, and that's what I really mean by capital investment. But when you have homeless encampments, people who are truly homeless and don't have cash money in their pocket, they're not, again, going back to that, they don't, they don't bring any dividends. And... They're dehumanized because of that. Whereas here in Julian, you're almost everyone celebrated their humanity is in this way. And I can imagine it's fun, but you're also reflecting like the whole economy there is founded on this adventure. In capitalism, we only value. A person's life if they can make us money yeah and I, and I think that's kind of a sum of this episode is that to, to bring it back and this very tangible that like if you are houseless in Athens 
and you don't have income, you're not treated with respect or humanity. I have to ask you, how... How many black folks did you see? How many black folks did we see on the trail? Uh, zero. And how many black folks did we see in this town? Um, eight or nine. Yeah. To the point where you could literally count them. This this place sounds like some kind of preamble to a horror flick. <laughs>